Greetings fellow captains, and welcome back to Rank Amateur. In this special bonus episode, yes you heard bonus, we will be discussing some announcements, and we will also be discussing a very, maybe controversial topic in World of Warships. So, without further ado, let's get right into the announcements. So, as I am only a high school student, residing in the United States of America in a nondescript location that will remain undisclosed for the moment. I am very busy between the months of September and June because I'm in school and I participate in sports and other activities and I have very little time to do anything else, especially uh, last year. So I will be moving my weekly publishing date, or day, so Thursday as it is normally, I will be moving that to Saturday afternoon. And I cannot guarantee consistency in my uploads anymore because, actually, I, I didn't have any consistency, so you guys are probably like, well, what consistency, Jaden? You had no consistency. So I, will, I cannot guarantee consistency. I will try my very best to bring the content that you are hopefully enjoying to your Saturday afternoon. So by Sunday morning, you'll be able to wake up to a new Rank Amateur episode. But I can't guarantee that. So... This week is the week that that goes into effect. I know I didn't really notify you guys, but yeah, it's starting to get really busy around here. So I am going to have to change the upload date. So I figured what better way to notify my audience than with a bonus episode on a topic that I really have been wanting to discuss for a long time, and that is fake ships. So, paper ships, as they're called in World of Warships. And for those of you who are new to World of Warships, a paper ship, or just flat-out fake ship, is kind of its name. It's usually preliminary design, or some, like, chicken scratch that some guy wrote on a cocktail napkin that late at night at a bar when he was half drunk. And they're just ships that never existed, but were designed, or allegedly designed, and some of these ships were laid down, but they were never actually completed. And being laid down just means that the construction was started, but it was never finished. And that can be from any number of reasons. Sometimes it's because, like in Italy's case with last week's episode on the Roma, you know that Impero was laid down, but it wasn't actually completed because it was captured by the Germans as a result of Italy's surrender, they captured many, or the Germans captured many of Italy's naval yards, so they took Impero hostage, tried to complete it, but it was bombed several times, and construction was eventually just stopped when Germany surrendered. And paper ships, or the concept of them, didn't really exist, or at least from my knowledge, until the Soviet ships came around. You'd be like, well, why does that have to be a turning point? Well, because the Soviets didn't really have a navy. I mean, they did have a navy, but it wasn't a very large one. Their only battleships were of the Ganget class in World War II, and they had very few cruisers, just a Kirov class and Chapayev class actually came after World War II, but, and, and a few more outdated ones, but they did have quite a lot of destroyers. So basically what the Soviet Navy would have, this large nation, would only have destroyers. So war games thought, well, that can't do. We have too many Soviet players. Or, well, Russian players, I should say. The Soviet Union's basically Russia now. So they're like, well, what are we going to do to solve that? Well, we could just kind of make up designs. Well, we could do that. Well, we'll do that with some of the ships for sure, said the supervisor. Another w person said, well, why don't we just take the designs that the Soviets were proudly conjuring up in the mid-1930s in hopes of rebuilding their navy 
And so they took those designs and they kind of fluffed them out a little bit. I mean, what I mean by that is they added various details that weren't necessarily in the designs, like various fire hoses, deck clutter, and um, some guns and things like that that maybe weren't in the design, but just to get, make it look a little more tough. And they also added some fictional armor because you really can't find where the specifications are, especially in Soviet documents. Most of those documents were destroyed. So they did the best they could. And I really get that because they have a lot of people on the Russian server and people always want to play ships of their own nation, which makes sense. And so they had to really stretch things pretty far. Some of these ships never had names, like Moskva was just a project name. But Wargaming, well, they had to give the ship a name, right? I mean, you have to. So they named it Moskva, even though, based on Russian naming conventions, or Soviet naming conventions, those names probably would not have made it to Moskva. It would probably have been some sort of general or something like that. But I guess, who am I to judge? But this trend did not stop with the Soviet Navy. And when Wargaming realized that, wow, this worked, and we didn't really get much backlash from the player base they continued it to the next nations that they had. And I don't exactly know the order in which the nations were introduced, but I do know that the newer nations that were introduced after the Soviets have a lot of fake ships in them, or paper ships, whichever you prefer them to be called. Because the U.S. Navy, or at least as of now, there are new paper ships to come. Most of their ships were actually real. There were only a few that weren't real, and the ones that I can think of off the top of my head, and they're all non-premiums, are Montana was not real. It was a design that was completed but never laid down. The Nicholas was a preliminary design, so Montana is a battleship. Uh, Nicholas is a destroyer. The cruiser Phoenix, or at least the Phoenix that they have is Tier 4. There was a Phoenix in World War II, but it was of a different design. Uh, was never uh, laid down, or design was actually never completed. It was just prelimi preliminary designs. Uh, the Dallas was never laid down. Actually, the Dallas is the only ship that was completely fake in the U.S. tech tree. It was just made up by Wargaming to fill the Tier 6 light cruiser slot. That's essentially just what it is. Uh, the Seattle was a preliminary design, and the Buffalo was a preliminary design. Those were never completed and never sailed the high seas as they should have. But before the U.S. tech tree cruisers were split into two different lines all those ships were real 100 percent real you could have gone back in a time machine to 19 to the 1940s and 50s well not 50s for some of them and slapped them right on the hull they were real as you and me but they split the line and introduced some fake ones and now they're going to split the battleship line in a future update and just inject some fake ships because I mean, we can't get enough of our U.S. battleships, right? We need some more fake ships. Yeah. That, at least that's what Wargaming thought. I'm really not happy with that, being an American and having all our ships that could have been put in there just kind of blown off and fake ships being put in there so they didn't really have to check the designs. They could just make stuff up. That's just kind of laziness on Wargaming's part, in my opinion. But whatever. So that brings up the U.S., or excuse me, German aircraft carriers. And yeah, it's pretty bad, honestly. 
So, the Rhine is their Tier 4, I believe, and it was a preliminary design. Okay, whatever. If you found that in the archives, I don't really care. The Wiser was laid down but never completed, which, okay, I guess I don't have a problem with having a ship that was actually laid down and starting construction before it was cancelled. And then you have the Erich Lohenhart, I think. It's a Graf Zeppelin as originally designed. It was a preliminary design, which, okay, that's a bit of a stretch, but whatever. The Graf Zeppelin, yes, yes, that should be that should be in the game because it was pretty much... I mean, it was launched and everything. It was about ready to go, and the Germans surrendered, so it never got to see action. I get putting that in there. And then the August von Parseville, which is a completely fictional design is also in there, and then the Manfred von Richthofen is also in the game. It's also completely fictional. So you have two ships that are are completely fake, which, whatever. I mean, I really don't like that, that they did that. They couldn't have... I mean, they could have just let it be. I guess I get that they wanted to give the German players of World of Warships an aircraft carrier to play, but you could have, like, said that it was fake. You didn't have to, like, make up a whole story and everything for that. I don't know. If you're if you're labeling your game as historically accurate, which they do, it should be historically accurate. If you're not labeling your game as historically accurate, whatever. But if you're labeling your game as historically accurate, it should really be historically accurate. Am I right? Or am I wrong? I don't know. I, I guess I kind of get bothered by that because I really do value the history of these ships. But if there's no history of the research, I mean, w what do you feel like you're playing? Like, if I'm playing my New Orleans, I'm like, okay, well, I can see all the history the ship had. And it's kind of cool to get to play it. And I guess it's not 100% historically accurate. Some things have been tweaked to make sure it's fair for other players. And I get that. It's not a simulator. It's a game. It has to be fair. But they're taking this very, very far. And you can also see this in the rest of the cru cruisers or the cruiser line for um, the Kriegsmarine. So the York preliminary design, the mains laid down, not completed to design, the Rune fictional design, the Hindenburg fictional design, and yeah, so you got that is fake, and then the V one seventy laid down, never completed, Ernest Gied. I, I don't know how to pronounce that design. And then the T-61, laid down, never completed. Z-46, laid down, never completed. Z-52, laid down, never completed. So I guess I don't have a problem with those last three, but I really do have a problem with, like, the August von Parseval and the Manfred von Richthofen. I guess I have yet to talk to other, like, more experienced World of Warships players, people who have been playing longer than me, or just people who are new to the game, but I don't really like the fact that all that wargaming has to do to introduce a line into the game is just kind of make some stuff up, slap it together on a CAD model, and throw it into the game. And then you notice that all these fake ships, because they didn't actually have any demonstrations of their power in, like, in real life, they're always overpowered. You introduce them to the game, and they're always overpowered. Remember the Kleber? How overpowered they used to be. I mean, it's still overpowered. It's just that you don't really see them that often so that people don't really complain about it too much. But the Smolensk, completely fake ship. But 
it really is overpowered. It's a nightmare for most things to deal with. And its armor's so thin that 16-inch armor piercing goes straight through it and does one-tenth of the damage. So there's almost no way to effectively exterminate a Smolensk. And by the way, if you're new to World of Warships, that is a Tier 10 premium Soviet cruiser that has a ridiculously low reload time on its 6-inch main battery shell, super thin armor, and a smokescreen. And radar, I believe, as well. So... Yeah, it's a pretty scary ship. It's very scary. And people point at the Warchester in the U.S. tech tree and be like, well, that's overpowered too. Well, I mean, it's not really overpowered, or at least in my opinion, but it's also real. It's not something that Wargaming just pulled straight out of their butts and threw into a game, kind of thought maybe what it would look like, and went with it. And Wargaming's strategy to like supposedly listen to the player base as far as um, the nerfing these overpowered ships is just kind of to nerf them into like where they're no longer effective. It's like you took it too far. You you have an overpowered ship that's just killing everything, and then you nerf it so far that it's useless. And then they'll introduce the next line and repeat the process. So people will spend a bunch of money on premium ships that were really good. I mean, they're fun to play and everything, and then Wargaming nerfs them into oblivion, hits them so hard with the nerf bat it could knock anybody out, and they're no longer useful, and you're out a good ship. And so Wargaming then introduced the next line. Oh, this is a good ship. Let me buy it. You buy it. You have a lot of fun in it for like two or three weeks. They nerf it, and then the next process begins. It's really kind of comical, honestly. But then again, I guess I just have to stop being frustrated. Forget my frustration, Wargaming, because you're just going to keep doing that. And that's, I guess, okay, because it's your game. But what's really frustrating is just that cycle of not listening to the players. And eventually that's going to catch up to them. I mean, you look at World of Tanks and how many people are leaving that game. It used to have millions of players on it, and it's losing, I believe, like thousands every month. And that's because Wargaming's doing the same thing with World of Tanks. They'll introduce a really powerful, completely fake tank, which I guess is okay because you want to give everybody, all nations, a chance to kind of play their own tanks, their designs and things like that, and have fun. And then they'll hit them with the nerf bat into Oblivion and introduce it again. Or or they won't hit them with the nerf bat and they'll just be ridiculously overpowered. Everybody will be really frustrated and raging on the forums and then Wargaming just kind of shrugs their shoulders and goes and plays with their programmers to come up with a new overpowered thing. So I guess I'd really love to hear some other people's thoughts on these fake ships. I mean, I really I really don't enjoy them. I enjoy playing real ships because of their historical value, but maybe your opinion differs. Maybe you like playing the Soviet line and you really like playing a Smolensk, or why wouldn't you like playing a Smolensk, actually? It's really overpowered. But I would like to hear your thoughts. So email your thoughts to rankamateurpodcast at gmail.com and I will read all the emails that you send me and I will maybe include them in some of our next episode and kind of like an opening thing because I will probably go over a fake ship and just to see if there's any grounding in reality or not. But don't fret, those of you who are just here for the naval history. You will also get your wish. I will do a ship that is not in World of Warships. If I do a fake ship in World of Warships in the World of Warships section, I will do a ship that is not in World of Warships, as I do have a new listener request for a ship that is not in World of Warships. 
So that should be interesting to research. But back to these fake ships. So I guess I see what Wargaming's trying to do. They're trying to give everybody in World of Warships or every World of Warships player a chance to play ships of their nation, which is perfectly understandable. I just wish they would make it more clear that maybe their their game isn't necessarily historically accurate and that they, maybe on their page they should say as their slogan, play World of Warships to play naval giants, both real and fictional, and sail the high seas or something like that. Just make it more obvious that maybe this isn't as historically accurate as you might have thought, but it's still a really cool game. I mean, fake ships or not, I really love playing World of Warships still, but a little honesty for more gaming would be nice. But all rants aside, I really appreciate you listening to this special bonus episode of Rank Amateur, and I please ask you just to subscribe. You can head over to my Anchor page, which should be linked in wherever you're listening, but if it isn't, it is anchor.fm slash rank amateur, and you can pledge a donation to my channel, or my podcast, I should say, this is not a YouTube channel, and... It goes from $0.99 cents to $4 to $9 a month, and that really helps me cover my production costs. And if you'd rather not just donate and you want to get something out of it, you could go to my merch store, my merchandise store. Merch is short for that for people who aren't up to date on their abbreviations. And my merchandise store is linked in the description of my podcast and every episode. And I thank you for listening, and please join me Saturday afternoon, or at least hopefully Saturday afternoon, for a new episode of Rank Amateur. Thank you so much for listening, and until next time, Captains.